Welcome to No More Mondays, the podcast that helps you navigate career challenges through the wisdom of professionals who have been at the same crossroads. I'm your host, Angie Callen, and I welcome you to join me each week as I chat with leaders, entrepreneurs, and employees who are here to share practical, tactical advice and some inspiration on how they arrived at career satisfaction. From job searching and career changes to going out on your own, we're breaking down barriers and providing actionable takeaways to help you take charge of your Mondays and ditch the Sunday blues. Welcome to the No More Mondays movement. Hello, everybody out there, and welcome to No More Mondays. As always, I'm your host, Angie Callen, and guys, we've hit the big time. Today's guests are Emmy Award winners, Telly Award winners, and they've got a slew of other accolades. And it's also the first time I am welcoming two guests to the show, so this should be really interesting. Dan Fisher and Brett Singer are the principals at Bottle Rocket Media, which is a video production and motion graphics production studio out of Chicago. And they have worked with a lot of big names. These guys are the real deal. From amazing storytelling to the perfect cup of pour over coffee, which you all know I am a big fan of. Let's welcome two great talents to the show. Dan and Brett, welcome to No More Mondays. Thank Thank you. you. Great to be here. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, We were reading about your bios earlier and like I literally I get up at 507 instead of 520 purely to make pour over coffee. So I was like, I already love the two of them. And uh, so let's learn a little bit about both of you. It's kind of elevator pitch time. I would actually love for each of you to kind of tell everybody out there a little bit about yourselves and, and then maybe we'll get the snapshot into Bottle Rocket Media. So uh, I'll popcorn it over to uh, Dan if you want to take it away and fill everybody in on your background. Uh, give everybody the context. Tell us about you. Yeah, so my background is, uh, to me, kind of straightforward. Um, I'm from New York originally, um, graduated from NYU Film School, and uh, hightailed it over to Los Angeles for a decade, um, where I kind of cut my teeth in a lot of different areas of, of the business. Um, until I got a call from the Oprah Winfrey show, which brought me to Chicago, which is where we're based and which is where I met Brett. Wow. That is really the short version. That was yeah. great. <laughs> that was, that was, that was really the elevator pitch. Like that was between floors. So basically Dan, you're the guy who at some point in time got to fill, got to film the, you get a car, you get a car, you get a car, right? True. Yeah. Uh, Brett and myself both worked at the Oprah show. I was one of the lead creative directors and Brett was uh, one of the leaders of the motion design department. So we didn't necessarily get to film it, but I remember there was a moment where uh, one of the producers on the show tapped me on the shoulder and he was like, come check it out. Check it out. We, We walked into the parking lot the night before and we saw all the cars. And even in that moment, I didn't know we were making history. You're like, yeah. whoa. And that was actually, I actually made made like three graphics on that show. No one remembers before she announced it because they were like teachers or somebody in the, in, the, in the audience and different designers got assigned to different shows. That was quote my show. And I made two graphics. No one remembers. No. But I was, I was, I was part of that history. Brett. I remember. It was a cute little graphic. And so how did, Brett, how did you, what's your background look like up into the convergence in, in Chicago? Um, I'm originally from Buffalo, New York, and uh, I went to Michigan State, um, you know, studying film theory and at some point thought that would be really boring to talk about films. Let's try to go make them. So uh, I kind of made my way uh, to Chicago uh, where I started um, a little design company with some friends that, uh, you know, 
quickly and dramatically failed. Um, and shortly thereafter, made a feature film called Dot, uh, which uh, was like a dot-com, a mockumentary of a dot-com startup. Won a bunch of film festivals. It was on Showtime for a few years. And shortly, you know, after that, kind of in the middle of that, I started working for the Oprah show, you know, first as like an extra designer on the schedule and eventually becoming full time and in, in, in one of the uh, de facto leaders of the design department. I love how you just throw in the, oh, yeah, it was on Showtime for a couple of years, like NBD. Yeah. So. Well, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was uh, very proud of it. And, and people that know it love it. It's got a, you know, one of those little kind of cult following things. Everybody out there is IMDBing dot right now. It was before the office and really inspired by, um, you know, what can we do with as little money as we have? And so what might be cool on DV? I'm like, well, we can do a documentary. You know, we know about that stuff. And so talk to me a little bit about Bottle Rocket Media. Well, you know, shortly after the Oprah show split town, Dan started Bottle Rocket Media on his own, making some videos for some clients. I was in a startup that I kind of wanted to get out of. I, I missed being creative. Checked in with Dan and said, what are you doing? He said, well, I'm, I'm making videos. You want to come make videos together? And so uh, we joined up and partnered up and it was Dan and I running around town with, uh, you know, one or two Canon 5Ds and some lights and some microphones and uh, shooting videos. And that was 10 years ago. And now look at the two of you. Yeah, that was 10 years exactly. Ago. Congratulations. I'm Thank sure you. Dan would fill in some, uh, some, some, some areas in there. Well, I could, but really the important point is that from the moment that the business started, I knew I needed a partner. I knew I couldn't grow the business on its own. And I'd known Brett for a decade at that point. I just didn't know yet that he was going to be, you know, my true uh, one and only business partner uh, that was going to, you know, propel our business to the next level. There's just too many aspects of running a business and running a, a media business that I knew from the beginning I couldn't do it on my own. But I just didn't know how that was going to come to fruition. I think a lot of time, and this is interesting because perfect segue, because one of the things I wanted to talk about is how the two of you have successfully come together to build a business. Um, you know, I've, I've dabbled in kind of partnerships and I think it's really hard to kind of really marry two perspectives together into something that has clear messaging. You're on the same page and I'm sure challenges came about because this really is a relationship and the two of you have come together to build a really successful small business it, a multi-million dollar small business in in the last decade. What's what's the secret to that success? Well, I think we started off on the same playing field. Um, in fact, I did for a very short period of time, about a year, have other business partners and we amicably split up because we just were really at different places in our life. And when Brett and I started, uh, we really were on the same page. We both have two kids that are close in age, you know, both married, both both live in the American dream with mortgages and and car payments and and all the and all the stuff that that uh, we found ourselves into, and so just right there, baseline, we have the same goals. I think creatively, um, we're we have different interests that complement one another. So we're we weren't both like I want to be the next documentary director or commercial director or producer, or this that and the other. Brett has a very specific thing that he likes to do and loves to do, and me as well. And they complement one another. Um, 
uh, greatly. And then in terms of growing the business, I think we both just had so much to learn early on. And we both are fans of learning and growing in that respect that Brett knew half a dozen things. I knew half a dozen things. And we came to the table and we just grew them together. We just constantly communicated and constantly, you know, we're, we're sharing with one another. Um, long before the pandemic, <clears throat> when uh, we started working together, I had an office about five minutes from my house, which is about 40 minutes from where Brett lives. Um, and he uh, did not want to come to the office. He just didn't want to commute. And so long before the pandemic, we would log into Google uh, Hangouts and we would just leave it on for eight hours at a time. Oh, you could, that way you could just be, you could be alone we together. Were, yeah, we were in the yeah, room. We were just in the room yeah, working. Just not, <laughs> I, I might be editing. He might be prepping a shoot. He might be doing sales. I might be doing the books, whatever it was. But we were in the room together all day long. We would just look at the computer and just start talking as if we were next to one another. And so, um, so it really has been about constant communication. It sounds like you definitely kind of come together and collaborate on the creative, but that you have a little bit of defined roles when it comes to actually operating the business. How's that look? Definitely. Well, I mean, for many, many years, there was a lot, uh, there was a, there was a lot of overlap on a creative overlap. There was a lot of kind of, you know, whoever picks up the metaphorical phone on like the sales call, that would kind of be your job or possibly, you know, your client. Um, And, you know, over the years we've, evolved our roles because they're like we can't all do everything you know so earlier earlier on in this year we said someone needs to focus on sales it can't be 50 50 or, or more importantly it can't be 10 percent and 10 percent, right because we're occupying ourselves all day long doing all these things so someone needs to spend 80 percent of their time on sales so that's what i've been doing um you know and it just had to be like a choice of like I, i'm miss creative and someone has to like focus on those things there's a creative aspect to it oh it it is it's it's amazingly creative you know like one of the one of my quote sales lines is the most creative thing we do is dream within your budget you know tell us where we're working tell us how we're managing you know the the dollars we can go from there yeah what can you accomplish with the resources that you have and you guys have you've had some great accolades uh, and in a in a really competitive, challenging industry to just survive in, let alone thrive in, what do you attribute the success to? How have you gotten to the top of your game in the last ten years? I don't want to speak for Brett. Slowly, but, but yeah. <laughs> gradually, <laughs> one, one inch video, at a time. One video yeah. at a time. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's much, no Pretty much. I mean, it. if you really want to boil it down, um, and uh, I found myself saying yes. I think I was raised in this business to say no first. Um, and then deal with the fallout of that. And uh, a while back, I don't know what it was or what I read or what I did, but I but I just started saying yes and allowing people to do their best work, allowing our team, you know, uh, to to do what they do best. Um, and it's kind of worked. Listen, our background is creatives. We're creative guys, right? We we. Dan grew up in New York and LA and in the biz. And I was always trying to fake my way into being a designer and a creative director and a director and all these different things. And most of our, most of our life experiences and business experiences have been how to be creative on demand. And so when you flip the switch of taking that creativity and then building a business around it, 
we now need to learn how to be business people, right? How to be good at business with a capital B. And so we're constantly trying to be better at business. And it's just a slow, slow detail process. It is quite literally the E-Myth Revisited. It's that yeah. idea that you came out of the technician and now you find yourself still having to be that technician while as a team is growing, managing and still trying to be the entrepreneurs who are growing and scaling a business. For sure. We're, we're building the plane as we fly it. I mean, you know, for me, I'm just enough of an arrogant New Yorker having been in, having been in New York and then been in LA that when I came to Chicago to work for some show, the Oprah Winfrey show that I had heard of. I knew that there was going to be something for me after that. Um, and so I had started reading and learning and getting the sense of what, you know, how do you write a business plan and, and what's next in business while, you know, while I was in the trenches uh, editing a daily show. I, I love the idea of like you build in the plane, plane as you fly it. Sometimes it's like I tell I tell people you're, you're going to you're going to fake it till you make it. Somebody then said fake it till you become it. All the same thing. You're yeah. you're. Yeah. yeah. You're yeah. building you're building the house, uh, building the foundation under the house for sure. And for our team, we've been transparent about that. So if you work with us daily, you know, HR might be slow to respond because I'm on a set <laughs> directing that day, you know, <laughs> or or you know, now we have a bookkeeper, but prior, you know, we've only had a bookkeeper for 2 years, so for the first 8 years, it's like if we had three projects back to back to back, you know, Billing might have been a little bit slow or things, you know, all the small business pains that everybody feels. I tell know? everybody the first thing you outsource is bookkeeping. But it's funny. We were I love that you actually brought traction into the conversation. I was hoping you'd go there because as we all came on, just so you all know out there, we have video on, but we're not recording it. And I have traction on the bookshelf behind my head. And the two of them were like, oh, my gosh, look at the number. Look at the top book on the <laughs> stack. And there's a reason it's the top book on the stack. And, and, you know, I fell into that because uh, two years ago, I started feeling like this business owned me and I didn't own the business. And it was like, holy yeah. cow, I am now the bottleneck to everything else coming. And you really just have to work through that and find the right yeah. resources and systems that are going to support, you know, all three parts of what all of us are doing all at the same time, the technician, the manager, the entrepreneur. <laughs> it's it's amazing. Anything gets done. Any you know, it's like some businesses succeed, you know, despite themselves. You know, in spite of you know all of the dysfunction that happens within it. And we've we did succeed, and it's easier to succeed when there's a small number of people involved uh, because we've got a lot of experience. We do the good work. We love this shit. We really care about it. We make good products. Like, but that only gets you so far when you want to scale the business more. And at some point, we need to, Dan always says, you know, and you stole from someone else, like, if you're in the business, you're not growing the business. Well, every advisor we ever had has been right. telling us that for 10 years. And in yeah. day one, you know, uh, I sat down with somebody and they said, if you want your business to grow, you have to stop directing. It's like, right, but I can't afford a director. So <laughs> I have no choice. Yeah, but I, but look at this. You guys built, what'd you tell me? $3 million business? You made it work. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, you make it, you figure out how to make it work. And as resources come available, you can begin to like outsource compartments of them. At least that's my theory. True. True. One thing that we had going for us, I think I just want to circle back, Brett, you glossed over something is that we started this. This is not our first business. This is not, this is not our first career change. And so 
one thing that we had from the very beginning is a skill set and the talent to make really good videos. And so while we were, you know, learning how to run a business, we were, the, our clients did not feel it. You know, they might have felt it because I returned, I replied to their emails at 10 p.m. when I finally got to them. But as long as they love what you're producing, they don't care. The videos were were yeah. good and only getting better. And yep. and we we came with we came with some primetime clout and and knowledge and know-how from years in the business prior. I love the idea that like the the I mean, very rarely is a successful entrepreneurial endeavor the entrepreneur's first endeavor. I think I'm like at, this is like 13 for me and it's finally the one. Yeah that yeah. I was able to build into, you know, a sustainable business. And, but you learn things through all of the kind of, let's say, quote unquote, failed attempts. Yeah. That's yeah, the and- only time you learn things. <laughs> yeah. so you don't learn things any other way. You know I mean? I, you know, I only was able to bring the, I still use air quotes, business knowledge I had because of all of my failed businesses, yeah. you know, I mean, here's what like not it, to do. Right. And we right, had two failed 100%. endeavors during the last 10 years. In addition to bottle rocket. Yeah. See? You know, you know, we, for, for a minute, we were exploring kind of building a side business, make, doing this piece of software, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, we, we, we talked to some people about raising money and they said, you I'm going to date us. We're 50 year olds. You know, we just turned 50. Like you're the exact founders investors want people who have had businesses that have failed, have a successful business. You're not 20 years old with one great idea, but you've been through it. And it's like, yeah, there's this flash. There's value to experience. Oh my God. Shocking. Yeah. You know, but all of those failures and some of the successes really is what informed the decisions we make. And a lot of what we did, you said jokingly, but is don't do that. What we don't want to be. We've been in businesses. We've been in other, you know, environments where we said, this is amazing. And we don't want to do that. And here's why. And that became guideposts for how the company we wanted to build and then we filled in the in-betweens by reading books and talking to smart people and making mistakes and listening to our employees and listening to each other and all of those things. Um, but at some point, you need to have a lot of traction, core values. You need to have these central tenets that guide you as human beings and as a company and as a group of human beings and as an idea, you know. And then once you have those, you build off of it and you make mistakes and you learn and you grow, you know. It's like business. I love talking about this stuff. And I feel like we just created the Gino Wickman fan club. Yeah, perhaps. I love it. And I think to go back to something Dan said and 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 the little area I wanted to just go into is all of this is still built upon a foundation of your technical skill set as creatives, as directors, and as people who do really good videos and tell really good stories. And I loved when I saw your bios, both of you talk about the fact that you are storytellers. And the, and and you tell that story through kind of like film and, and media. And and as I mentioned before we came on, you know, I, I do that too. It's like your storytelling through the forms of resumes. So I want you from like a practical perspective, what do you think the foundation of good storytelling is? I just got such funny looks. I was like, ooh. Uh, the foundation of good storytelling. I'll take a crack. Please. While you're thinking. Yeah. Well, it's, it's certainly an interesting story to tell either it needs to be interesting content there needs to be you know access to that content you know and then there has to be 
even in a little small degree, if you want it to be really good storytelling, a little bit of love for that content or for that person or for that industry or for that little bit of thing that you're figuring out or interviewing someone about, you know, because if you're uninterested and you've got your list of questions and you're interviewing somebody and that's going to be the story, it's going to feel flat, you know? So like an actor has to like fall in love with their character or just not judge their character. You know, you need to like, be like, this is the story I'm telling and be an interested participant in it. When you're talking to someone, you know, like be interested and listen and be engaged. And I think you just, I don't know, like that's where the storytelling foundation starts for me. I have to find something compelling for me. You be it needs to be a video to I want to make. Yeah. You have to be connected like I want, I, I want to see. Yeah. You know, I'll re- I mean, just practically speaking, this might be terrible to admit as a career coach, but it is very difficult to feel like you write a good resume to for somebody that you don't like as much as a, like sure. just as a client. And that's that's why as you know, as a coach and, re- and resume writer, just you want to be aligned with the people that you're working with, because that is important to feel like you have that connection and yeah. lack of judgment in order to just tell a really good story that you're invested in. Right. And excited by them and excited about, oh, you, you might be like, well, you don't have that. You, Oh, you did that. Oh, my God, that's amazing. Well, tell me about that. And it might not even end up on the quote resume as you know, and you know, but at least you're like, oh, she's got some depth. That's super interesting. I like that. That was an important piece of her story. Well, how does that how does that affect or impact the other thing she did? That's a little more boring, but we can connect. Blah, 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 connect that the thread, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I think like a a good story is going to expose unique details of a person or a situation, but those details are going to be universal. Like we all walk around feeling like we're alone, especially now, like we're more connected than ever, but more disconnected than ever, whatever everybody says. But like, if it's a good story, it resonates universally. And I think that's just, you know, everybody has that. And it's just how you tell it and how you dig out those, those details and, and share them along the way. Today's episode is brought to you by Libsyn. Do you have an idea for a great new podcast? You can bring your idea to life and start your podcast today with Libsyn. Our podcast has been on Libsyn for two years now, and we love it. Libsyn has everything you need to plan, launch, and grow your own podcast. Libsyn provides some of the best resources created by expert podcasters who will show you everything you need to know, like what equipment you should use, how to record great audio, how to get your show onto Apple Podcasts and other popular platforms, and much more. Plus, as a friend of No More Mondays, when you sign up with Libsyn, you get your first month of podcast hosting for free. There has never been a better time than right now for you to start podcasting. Visit Libsyn.com and use the code FRIEND, F-R-I-E-N-D. That's Libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N.com and use the code FRIEND, F-R-I-E-N-D to get started and create your podcast today. And now back to the show. This sounds like a perfect time to ask the two of you about Rocket Sauce. So you've been able to tell your own story and figure out kind of what sets you apart and what is universally kind of universally resonates and it's, you define it as rocket sauce. So what's the rocket sauce? Well, for me, uh, my, my personal rocket sauce is really just being transparent is really just, you know, trying to be as authentic. I, I thought authenticity is a sort of like word that 
people toss around a lot, especially filmmakers. And but but for me, I, I try to do it at the base level, which is just me, just being just being authentic and transparent, transparent with our clients, transparent with our team, transparent with with all the crews that we work with to just get them to know where we're coming from, where we're sitting and what we're trying to achieve. And, and by doing that, um, we've had a lot of success in and support from really all three of those categories. Yeah, I, I think as a company, you know, it really is. And everyone can say this, but I, I love the people we work with. You know, it really is just the depth of our collective experience in broadcast, in TV, in you know, at Oprah, at The Bachelor, at this show, at Empire, at that show, in agency work, in non-agency work, in, you know, commercial space, in young and old and short and tall. Like, I, you know, everyone's opinion on our team is really valuable to us. Like, we don't need two more, two more 50 year old, you know, guy opinions. You know, we, we got that lockdown. You know, I, we want everyone else from the company to participate. When we're wrapping up a video, it's like we ask everyone, check it out. Tell me what you think. And does that resonate with you? Because everyone's you know, opinion is so valuable and everyone's life experiences are so, are so different. And they approach things from such a unique perspective that that's not a we would love to hear your opinion it's a requirement we need to hear your opinion to be a successful company you know you can't just well well, it's okay or chime in when you think like no i you're you're 26 and you know you're different than me i need your thoughts on this what we were talking about you only learn stuff from your failures not your successes i think you know when some when five people stand around watching a video it's everyone's whole world experience is going, oh, that's cool. You know, like, and at the end of the day, oftentimes we'll, we'll say, I don't know, three of us loved it. It's probably pretty good. Yeah. You know, like, like if it gets out the door and we like it, it's probably great. Well, and I, you brought this full circle in a way, because if we go back to traction again, which all of you out there who own or aspire to own businesses, it's a great read. Uh, it, it, it really talks about that, you know, setting core, a mission, core values and your purpose and b- getting buy-in from the team into it. And if, if that ethos of collective feedback and everybody has a voice is rooted in your organization, then you're going to bring people in who want to have that voice, which also then applies to the fact that that's very important to the younger generations in the workforce. And so you're just really creating an ecosystem and a culture that's going to perpetuate the results that you actually want. Yes. Fingers crossed. Yes. yes. Fingers crossed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We're working on it every day. Yeah. yeah, we do. We do. We are actively working on it. Yeah. Well, I think that you've made good strides on that front. And this is probably a good time to ask, you know, what practical advice do you have for people out there who's sitting around thinking, you know, I really want to do this business, but it's in a competitive industry. It's saturated. Or I have this business and it's not really doing great. I want to grow it. Like what what actions would you tell them to take? Three things come to mind. One, this is what I did. Read a lot. There is way too much information out there. And too many people think they know what they're doing because of a podcast or a, or an article on Medium. But there's a lot of books and a lot of information out there. And then I would say find the people that could support you. Because like we started saying earlier, I don't think anybody... I don't. I don't want to, I don't want to make an absolute statement, but I don't think most people don't do it on their own. 
So I think support is really important. And then I would just say, do it because there's no market that's too oversaturated. You could always find a place for yourself. There is a, there is a buyer for everything at every price point. Yeah. Got to start somewhere. The best time uh, to plant a tree is right now. Yep. Uh, done is better than perfect is one of my ones of those. And uh, yeah. also Dan, you get bonus points because I'm a huge fan of the rule of three. Brett, what do you well, want to add to that? I think those are great, you know, and I think, you know, if that question was asked of somebody who's very young and not sure how to quote, get into the, any, any business, you know, I think just like you were saying, experience is everything. Just if you want to get into plumbing, you want to get into sculpture, you want to get into video, you want to get into, you know, whatever, be in the business, start at the bottom there's just so much institutional industry knowledge that only comes from presence. You want to grow in some space? Don't talk about it and say, one day I'm going to, you know, be a VP of finance. Well, you're 22, 24, be in finance. Be at the bottom rung of the ladder, and that's how you make your way up. And there's just no substitute for just being there and knowing it and growing it and being in the right space. I, w I would never in a million years have been able to do it without, without Dan, you know, without Dan or, you know, um, I, I don't think any partner, you know, I, I've had partnerships, but, but we're, a, we're, a, we're a very close partnership because there is balance and there is, you know, it's very, very rare that we're stressed or freaking out on the same day. Like 12 hours later, maybe we, we flip, but it's like when I'm stressed, he's fine. When he's stressed, I'm fine. And, you know, and there's balance. Yeah, so, different things stress us out for sure. So, so having someone to commiserate with and celebrate with uh, is really, really important. Yeah. Also, let me just go back and comment for a sec, Brett. You and I basically combined, you know, we went through a, a filmmaking apprenticeship in a lot of ways. And so just to reiterate what you said of if you want to be in a business, be in that business feature makers, commercial makers, music video makers, you know, we, we have sort of like, we started this business at 40. So we've sort of been in it, you know, the daily TV show, uh, moved to different cities. We sort of been in it for so many years that, that we, we weren't, the things that were stressing us out weren't, you know, how do you turn on this camera or what, or what should this look like? You know, we could approach something, um, we could approach the creative of any project confidently early on. And I, I, I'll bring this all together by, you know, I talk to a lot of people who they have this like hesitancy to go do something because they've never done it. And that idea of just be in it is exactly how you solve that problem. And if nobody ever did anything they hadn't done, we, we wouldn't change careers, we wouldn't start businesses, and we sure as heck wouldn't have the technology that we're talking on today. So at some point, you just have to like do and then you learn through that and you and you iterate on it until you kind of find your the sweet spot of everything. So it's it's a great story and it's great advice for everybody out there to just like take action. Stop, you know, yeah. put your money where your mouth is. Isn't that the saying? Yeah. And it's worth it's worth noting that it's not going to be easy and there's going to be a lot of stress involved, you know, both physical and financial and <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's not for the faint of heart. Not for the and, faint of heart. That's a message we hear a lot around here. Yeah. yeah. And still do it. And it's right? still and you awesome. Should still, right. It's still <laughs> awesome. It's still better it's still than awesome. Awesome. You know, that you 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 maintain some control in your life. You get to hopefully do hopefully you're you're embarking on a on an endeavor that you enjoy I'm doing, something about. that you love, you're passionate about. Um 
And uh, there's no substitute for that. Some great advice, gang. Uh, let's give everybody else some takeaways. And I think we're gonna so we're gonna play a little game called Rapid Fire Recommendations. It's not rapid. Uh, don't worry. And I think we'll just have both of you answer everything. So, uh, and I'll let the two of you fight it out whoever over who answers first. So, uh, first question is most memorable travel destination. Uh, I'll tell you. Um, I'm gonna stay professional with this one. Brett and I had a job. We had to do a uh, shoot in London, yeah. Berlin, and Paris in three days. And so the entire trip was five days long. Oh, wow. That's a yeah. whirlwind. And yeah. it's fun. The, the memorable travel almost always is more about like an experience like that versus the actual place you visited. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, five-day sprint visit through the UK and Greece. On day one, we were drinking beers in a pub, and on day three, we were having croissants. It was pretty Love amazing. It. Yeah, it yeah, was pretty That cool. sounds like a pretty good five days great. to me. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we know Traction is definitely going to get tagged in this and be in the show notes, but I would love uh, another great book recommendation for each of you since you have talked a lot about how much good reading there is out there. Yeah, you know, I, I just finished a book that I loved called The Overstory is by Richard Powers. Uh, it, it was a Pulitzer Prize winner in 2019. So, you know, people know about it, but it was, uh, it was, it was incredible. I've been reading all these books, nonfiction books on trees and hidden life of forests and hidden life of trees. And this was, uh, you know, it was an incredible book, but these like nine intertwining stories that all kind of came together about saving the redwood forest. It was really, it was a re really amazing book. I love this question because I get so many good reading recommendations. Dan, what's yeah, yours? Well, you know, I, I thought you were referring to business. And I will say that years ago, I um, somebody put a copy of Good to Great in my hands. Um, and so that's actually where part of my journey started. I think it's Jim Collins. Jim it Collins. Um, Jim Collins, yeah. Um, and I read it too early. I had to reread it again after I read Traction. Um uh, but if we're stepping away from business, I am right now rereading Cider House Rules. Oh, oh I love everything John Irving writes. So there you go. He's a great fiction writer. He really, got two really two professional book recommendations and two kind of like just personal book recommendations in this yeah. episode. Awesome. Yeah. Wait, Dan, do you do you are you being coy or do you do you remember who gave you good to great? I'm being coy. <laughs> Oprah gave it to me. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, yes, but I wasn't ready for it. I read it. I wasn't ready for it. The The show, the organization of the show was going through changes and they were bringing in a lot of middle management. And so uh, in good Oprah fashion, she brought in, you know, 250 books and said, please read this. And uh, there were 249 books left over at the end of the month or 248, Brett grabbed one and I grabbed one. <laughs> um, and uh, I read this book and it was really, it was really inspiring uh, before I knew that I was going to own a business just to understand like what potentially made a business great. And it was Oprah. And so she had him come speak to us too. That book is on my bookshelf. I'm going to pick it up for the weekend. Yeah, that's a, oh no, that's a good one. We, yeah. we, we, what we're always saying, like right seat on the bus and we always kind of reference that and everyone. That's like business. Yeah, right seat on the bus comes from that. There you go. All right, so this is a loaded question for the two of you. Favorite movie? That's can, we, can we at least narrow it down to a genre in a decade? Yeah. That's, uh, 
<laughs> okay, favorite, favorite cult classic, Dan. Well, actually, one of one of the movies that's always in the, in my top five is Jaws. I don't know if it's a cult classic, but I call that a cult classic. Uh, I watch it every time it's on, and I'm amazed. Just having read all the folklore surrounding the film, I'm amazed how it came out. And even just uh, for the time and the challenges of production, it's yeah, pretty amazing. All of it, all of it. I oh, mean, yeah, now, yeah. I mean, now, technology is so cheap that um, if I had to shoot a uh, a film on a boat, I'd bring two or three cameras, and if one of them fell off, while it would be tragic, it would not be the end of the world. I can't imagine what it was like working with film. In the middle of you know of the of the sea and having to change magazines and make sure the film didn't get exposed and put it in a cooler so it doesn't heat up all of that uh, it's the technologies things you don't even think about yeah. uh, oh Brett God. Dan Dan gave you some time to think about your movie selection yeah we got lots of them but and Dan won't be surprised by this uh, I really like Amelie yes that, that it's do not so disappoint good. I knew oh. you were going to say that. that that movie is such like a that movie is such like a poem. I just love. I I I I watched the movie a thousand times. And of course, it's a show about Mondays. So, what's the first word that comes to mind when I say Monday? Possibility. You know, given given my quote sales role, I, you know, I I start every Monday with not a ton on my calendar, and by the end of the day, Monday, middle day, Tuesday, the rest of the week is filled because I'm just moving and reacting and and. You know, so every every Monday, it's like, what's going to happen this week? You know, what's, what deals are going to close? What new opportunities are going to pop up? You know, um, who can I call? Who can, you know, and all that stuff. So it's every Monday, it's like, what's up? Possibility. What's up? There you go. Dan? I The first thing I thought of was coffee, if I'm <laughs> honest. That seems so appropriate and takes us all the way. What what a full circle statement. See, yeah. Well done, no, I mean, Look at you. you know, Mondays. I'd probably be, I'm probably with you on that one. You know, Sunday night is my official transition back to the work week uh, when I start reviewing the day. But I don't think that there's been a weekend in 10 years that I've completely unplugged. And so while Mondays are a little bit slower or not even slower, but but more challenging because I'm going from, you know, potentially focusing on being a dad to focusing on the rest of my life. I just need coffee to get through it. Just need coffee. Uh, I'm with you on the tune out. I think the only time I've tuned out in the last four and a half years is when like Jim makes me go backpacking and you quite literally have to tune out because there's no service. Where you have to tune out. Yeah. But also, um, I still really love what I do. And I know Brett does too. And so Mondays aren't uh, so tragic as they might have been 11 years ago. There are no Sunday scaries here. No, not really. Not really. So as we uh, as we kind of wrap things up, I want to make sure everybody out there can follow along. The two of you are awesome. I think you're you're it's there's some inspiration here, both because of the industry that you've found success in the. Uh, really cool stuff you've been able to do through that expertise and then also just building a great business. So how does everybody follow along with you, find out about the business? How do they follow your journeys? So uh, our journey, well, we have a website like everybody else, bottlerocketmedia.net. We are on Instagram, uh, bottlerocketmedia312, which is the Chicago area code for those who don't know it. Um, and Facebook as well. Same. We produce a lot of blogs. So our website, if you're, if you're looking to get into the business or learn more about, a bit, about the business, 
the website is actually a really great place, a really great resource. It is. I was on it before the show and there's some, like, I was even saving some things there. Yeah. For, for marketers yeah, as well. Yeah. You know, there's a ton of information. We just really are geeks um, about what we do. And so we're happy to share it. I love geeks. I'm a former engineer. And as we close everything out, I would love just that one last little piece of wisdom you each have for people out there. What's your best piece of advice on what our listeners can do to get one step closer to, you know, a better career satisfaction? Eliminate the negative people from your life. Oh, that's a, that, yeah. That's so good. You'll go very far if you do that. Yeah. And surround yourself by by people that that love you and support you. That's great advice. That's it. That's so simple. Get, get rid of the people that pulling you down, surround yourself with people that lift you up. There's a, we have another episode uh, that with Jovan Glasgow, where we talk about this because he's got, he talks about the categories of like, you either have people who need you, who feed you or who renew you. And knowing, taking stock and knowing where everybody falls and being really cautious about that column of need is, I think, a really, really good piece of advice. So this has been awesome, the two of you. I would say tons of great advice in here. And I hope all of you out there take inspiration from this, whether you're trying to navigate like a challenging career environment, figure out how to, you know, be a top performer regardless, or you're thinking about starting a business. We covered some good ground today, you two. Thank you. Thank Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having us. And uh, I'm, I'm excited about staying in tune with Bottle Rocket and seeing what great things that the two of you do out there in the world. Uh, thank you again, Dan and Brett, for joining our show and being part of the No More Mondays movement. Thank you. Scene. Scene. Mm. Clap. As yeah. always, we love hearing from people who have successfully navigated career crossroads and are killing it in business, too. Uh, there's some awesome advice and inspiration here. I hope you all there took some notes and have some action items because there's at the very least good books you should all should go pick up. And for our listeners out there, I would love for you to subscribe to No More Mondays wherever you get your podcasts. Leave this episode a five-star review because clearly it's awesome and because it's a huge help as we continue to inspire confident professionals everywhere with these great stories. If you want to leave us comments, feedback, guest suggestions, or get the show notes and links from today's episode, visit us online at nomoremondays.info and until next week on Wednesday when the next episode drops, I'll see you there. Dan Fisher and Brett Singer are the principals at Bottle Rocket Media, a video production and motion graphic studio who has worked with, wait for it, Oprah.
Thanks for joining us for another episode of No More Mondays. Tune in next week as we bring you more insights and actions to help you improve your professional life and find career satisfaction. Don't forget, visit us online at nomoremondays.info for all the details, show notes, and recommendations from this episode. No More Mondays, we drop new episodes every Wednesday. No More Mondays is brought to you by Career Benders Inc. in partnership with executive producer Jane Durkee. For more information about career coaching, resume writing, personal branding, recruiting, and entrepreneurship coaching services, visit our website at careerbenders.com.